was looking around the place and I'm just looking at how just how beautiful people are and 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 I'm looking at different ones like I'm looking at Lisa on the piano and you know I left her up here just so I could embarrass her but I'm looking at Lisa on the piano and I I remember Lisa as a little girl because she's been in the church since she was how old were you Lisa like three four three six six and like and and Lisa I watched her grow and I watched her grow and then I saw her hit her teen years you know and you know it's hard when you hit your teen years and things change and life is difficult and so forth and it's hard to negotiate that but then I saw I saw my daughter Jilly just get alongside of her and begin to speak in her life and I saw Lisa come through those years with flying colors into a beautiful young woman now because why because someone used words you know words are so powerful words are powerful you know the scriptures talk about words they talk about the scriptures talk about the power of the tongue and words and what words can do what words can say in 1 Corinthians 14 1 it says this it says eagerly pursue spiritual gifts right and there's all these gifts that we can pursue. There's all these gifts that we can go after. But it says, especially the gift of prophecy. And, you know, sometimes when we hear, oh, especially the gift of prophecy, we think like really weird stuff. We think like, you know, you have to be so spiritual and you have to stand up and thus saith the Lord, you know, the gift of, and we have to have this, you know, anointing, you know, or you have to lock yourself in a cupboard and, you know, eat nothing crackers for three weeks and then you come out and you got some funny clothes on and then you just yell at everybody and tell them they're going to hell or something like you know you think funny things about prophets and prophecy and we hear that word prophecy and we think that's just for elite few but I want to tell you this that we can all speak to each other in songs and hymns and spiritual we can use spiritual songs spiritual words to speak to one another there is power in your tongue James speaks about the power of the tongue. With the same tongue, we can bless, we can praise God, we can sing these songs, send down your love, and then we can walk out of here and curse man. With that same tongue, you know, it can be a split tongue. It can do curse and bless. But God wants us to bless with our words. You know, I don't know if you know, anybody heard about love languages? Love languages? It's kind of, yeah. Oh, well, these guys have. Okay, so it's like... This guy came up with this theory on there's five love languages that we can have, you know, and different, everyone has a sort of a different love language. So how, how you would want to be loved is the way that you would try and love other people. And my love language apparently is, is, yeah, is words of affirmation. I love words, right? So, you know, when, like I had my birthday party sort of gathering last night, and I got all these presents, and I love presents, you know what? But I have looked at the cards about a hundred times and read the words on those cards over and over and over again. And each word is so precious to me. And I went to bed like it was like 2.30 in the morning, and I was still laying in bed this morning reading, because I didn't read Gemma's card, my daughter's card, you know, because she was embarrassed. Don't read in front of people. I'm 13. And so at 2.30 in the morning, I have to read. Oh, that's right, Gemma's card. And so I'm laying in bed reading Gemma's card and um, Alicia wrote in it to, to me and it was just like, I'm just like, oh, I just love words. Like they just, and you know what? It's, you know, you don't have to have the love language of words to love words because 
you know, we live in a world full of words, especially at the moment. Like words are just flying around. There's just so many words. You're being impacted by words every second of every day, everywhere you go. I joined Facebook last week and I took, it took me a little while. Okay, like... You know, it's just really hard to teach an old dog new tricks, I know. And I mean, I just started texting with two thumbs, and I'm getting good at that, okay. But I joined Facebook, and I thought, you know, okay, I'll give this a go. And it was because Andrew sent me something, and it says, Andrew has some photos, but you have to join Facebook to look at them. He tricked me. And so I thought, I've got to look at these photos. There might be my grandchild in my daughter's belly and all that. And so I joined Facebook. And then the next minute, I was just inundated with all these people. I want to be a friend. I want to be a friend. I want to be a friend. And, you know, I just, oh, this is good. Like, everybody wants to be my friend. And I had these friends coming everywhere and saying, yes, I'll be your friend. Yes, I'll be your friend. Yes. 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, there's one coming from England. Oh, I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. Okay, I've got all these friends now and it's fantastic. But how powerful are the words? Like, I was thinking, okay, I'm joined Facebook now and now what can I do with this? I can use this as an instrument to use words, to let words go out. And let words encourage people. And hopefully someone might read my little blog thing that I put on the wall. Is that what you call it? That's so cool. Look out. (laughs) You know, 50. And um, and they, they might read that and they might be having a bad day. And then they read my little blog that says, you know, isn't God beautiful? Have you smelt the roses today? And, you know, how gorgeous is God? Did you get your mercies this morning? And they go, oh, oh," you know, those words uplifted me. And you know what? That's prophecy. You can prophesy using Facebook. You can, you can send, you can, you can write on someone's wall or send someone a message. You can send someone SMS or a text. You can be just thinking about someone. And then all of a sudden you just go, yeah, you know, I've got to tell that person. They're just amazing. Like, you know, oh, you know, you're so amazing. You bless me so much. Yeah, have a great day. Now, you don't know what that person right then was going through. Do you know what I mean? You just have no idea. You know, Phil, yesterday, you know, in the midst of getting our house ready for the party and everything, and, um, you know, I'm going, come on, you've got to take out the trash. Because I don't take out trash. You take out the trash. And, um, and he's on the phone. Now you're on the phone, now. And I didn't realize that he had just heard from God to ring his old mate. I mean, how long since you talked to him, Phil? Since your, yeah, five years. Five years since he didn't spoken to this guy. And he just felt, I've got to ring him now. I haven't really mixed with him since the 70s, yeah, but I had a couple of like, you know, and uh, a, a couple of times where I've just spoken to him. The last time he spoke to him about God. Anyway, so he rings this guy. He says, I don't know. I just had you on my heart, you know. This guy says, honey, you should ring me. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm a, a successful businessman. I'm, you know, he's a builder and I've got all this money. I've got all this stuff and life is so busy and everything and the kids and everything and life, 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 life. And I just sat down. And I thought there's got to be more than this. I need to speak to Phil. I need to pick up that conversation we were having years ago and find out the rest of the story about Phil's God. And Phil just happened to pick up the phone and in his heart, you know, that's prophecy. 
you know, when God says to Phil, ring your friend. And Phil goes, I think I'll ring my friend. And he, and he just rings his friend. And then he just gets on the phone and says, I had you on my heart. And the next minute, the guy's pouring his heart out. And Phil's able to say, man, we need to catch up. We need to talk more about this. I want to meet with you. That's prophecy. That's using words. You know, that's using words to exhort and to encourage and to lift up. And I, I just think about other people in this church. And I see people being exhorted and encouraged through words. You know, just words. I, I mean, I was just looking at Roy there. Yeah. And Roy, you know, like Roy has only been on the stage playing for a little while because he was just so shy to get on that stage. He was just like, yeah, I'll do anything else, but I won't play guitar on stage. And he's such a good guitarist. And we just needed one desperately. And so just like he just overcame his fear enough that he could stand up there shaking in his boots and just, just couldn't look at anybody and just staring at the floor and just having a hard time. And then Pastor Phil just goes, Roy, you're amazing. You know, like, buddy, you, you are just so, you faced your fear and you did it. And, you know, and then this morning, he's up there on the stage, and I said to Phil, look at Roy. And Roy's going, <laughs> you know, just because of some words. Do you see how powerful they are? I mean, how many of you had negative words spoken over you? And, you know, I've, I've ministered, you know, I've counseled people and sat with people. And, uh, and they just go, my life is a wreck, and I'm this, and I'm depressed, and I'm that. And I'm saying, let's just wait on the Lord. And let's just ask Jesus. Because you know Jesus knows every word that's been spoken over you. And he knows every word that needs to be spoken over you. You see? He knows the lies, and he knows the truth. And there's lies that have been spoken over you that Jesus needs to fix. And so I, when I'm talking with people, I don't try and say, well, you know, give me some details. Let's go through your whole past. We'll try and pinpoint the problem area. You know, will you drop down your head as a child? No. I just say, like, Jesus, will you take this person to the exact place where this pain started? The very first moment, the very day. And, you know, it's, and, and, and when they, and they just sit there and they just start to cry, they just go, Oh my gosh, you know, where are you? Like, I'm, I'm six years old. I'm in this room, you know, and what's happening? And it always comes down to this. It always comes down to somebody said something. Somebody said something. And, it, what, it did, and what those words can do, they're so powerful, they actually prophesy to you. But they prophesy negative. You know, my dad, my, my dad said, you'll never account, amount to anything once. He said it once on that day when he was angry. But now I'm 40 years old and I can't do anything. I, I fail at everything I do. I, every job I'm in, I just fail, I fail. And then I say, Lord Jesus, you've heard that. What's the truth? And Jesus will come and he'll just speak to them. And his words are the very words they need to hear for that very time, for that very day when those other words were spoken that counteract those words. Because the word of God says this, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see? And so when we 
as Christians have this tongue that can curse or can bless, when we choose to use this tongue to bless, then we're actually releasing truth and light over people's lives. You know, Phil was saying last week, you know, it's easy to find the junk in people. It's easy to do that. You can easily look at someone and just, you know, doesn't take a prophet. And I've heard people come to me and say, I think I've got the gift of prophecy because I can see every little sin. I can see every little thing going on in that person's heart. Sinners. I can see them. It's like, well, that's a good gift. Not? Yeah, that's going to do a lot of good on the earth. Believe me, just, you know, just shut that thing down right now in Jesus' name and get healed. You know, because, where was I? Why did I say that? Yeah, you can see the junk. And, you know, when I, and I've told this story before, but not for a lot of years, so I'll tell it again. But when I was a kid, there was six of us, six kids. And so in those days, you didn't wear seatbelts. And so we used to get bored. And Dad... He would just like, we didn't have money to go do stuff. So he'd say, come on, who wants to come to the tip with me? And so this was an exciting adventure because, for one, you got to ride without seatbelts in the station wagon and you could all go in the back. And then you just play tumbles every time he turns a corner and he's trying to drive and you're like, yeah, bang, yeah, bang. This is great fun. And then, you know, you just make fun when you can't afford fun. And then so he, we would, in those days, of course, you could rummage through the tip, right? You're not allowed to these days. They just spoil everybody's fun. And so you could just go and he, we would have our little buckets and spades like you go to the beach, but the beach was too far away, so you go to the tip. And so he would say, okay, the first one to find a treasure, come on, come on. And we'd all get out of the car with our little buckets and spades and off we would go, these six kids on an adventure over the rubbish piles. Fun, fun. And I would watch all my brothers and sisters just climbing all over the top, just running, bashing heads, trying find the treasure first. I'm going to find the treasure first. Just running over the top. Ah, but I was smart. I knew that the best treasures were always down in the smelliest, dirtiest places where no one else looked. So I'd go to the bottom and I'd just start digging in the bottom of the rubbish pile because no one else sees that. And I would just find the best treasure. And I'd just bring that treasure out and I'd clean it up and all my brothers and sisters go, I need you always get the best treasures. And I just like, you know, put it on my little mantelpiece at home and just admire it. And one day God said to me, you know what, Jules, I've given you that gift. I've given you a gift that can see people's hearts. It's called the gift of prophecy. And you know what? You'll never be a person that looks at the rubbish pile. You'll be a person that sees the treasure beneath the rubbish pile and you'll move as much rubbish as you can to find that treasure. You'll always see it. You'll always find it. And you'll bring it out, polish it up, and I'll put it on my mantle in heaven so we can all admire it. You know, people people are precious. Every life, every soul, every moment of every day, There's a moment where you can actually take a human being and change their lives through your words. To bless or to curse. Like, I'd rather bless any old day. Amen. 
And I just, you know, Michelle, I, you know, when you, when you first came in, you know, like I could have like just looked at you and just went, whoa, look at the rubbish pile, you know, because obviously there'd been a lot of stuff dumped on you. But gee, I just saw this treasure. And you know, like it's only been a few weeks and now the treasure is in full view. It's cleaned, it's polished, it's shining. It's in full view for everybody to see. And I just can't wait to hear you sing. I just, I can't wait to hear what this treasure right down here that God has given you, this gift that he's given you, what's going to come out of your voice and and how beautiful it's going to be. I'm just really looking forward to that, Michelle. You're just really beautiful. And I love that. And I know I think about Bryce, you know, like, you know, Bryce, uh, just blessed us today and I won't tell you the details of it but you know he said he said a few things to us but then he turned around to Phil and he said you know I just want you to know this that if you hadn't made the decision that you made to follow Jesus you know 20 odd years ago I wouldn't have made my decision that I've made you know weeks ago it's because of you and I just think wow you know what those words would do for a human being? Every human being needs exhortation. Every human being needs encouragement. Every one of us is crying out for affirmation. And about 10 years ago, exactly, it was my 40th birthday. And, and I had cried out to God. I said, God, please, God, there's not many things that I want in life, but one thing I do want is I want my dad's affirmation, my earthly dad, before he goes home. Now, my dad was from the silent generation. He never spoke of real things. He would speak about the weather or whatever and so forth, but he never spoke about real things. And I never knew if he was really pleased with me or not. I didn't know what he thought about my life. I didn't know what he thought about my husband. I don't really know what he thought about my kids that much, although he did tell the kids they were amazing. And I didn't really know what he thought about my ministry. He never really said anything about it. And he never said anything to any of the kids like that. He was just this silent, great man, but silent. And so I prayed, said, God, you know, before Dad goes home, would you just give me some words? And that's a big, that's a big ask for someone that doesn't speak and someone that doesn't express his feelings at all. Anyway, my 40th birthday, my dad came to me and he said, all I've got for you is this blue envelope. Jules, he calls me Jules, just like God in heaven calls me Jules. It's both my dad's name for me. And he said, I didn't get you a present. I just got you some words. And I wrote you a story. And I hope you like it. And he said to me this. He said, one day, he said, don't share it with your sisters or your brothers because they'll get really jealous and they'll want one too. And i got no more words left. <laughs> but one day I want you to share it with your church. And so tonight I'm going to share it with you. And it says this. I just have to get this up. story is the father and his jewel 
Once upon a time, there was a man who had no desire for earthly treasure. He was content with whatever God bestowed upon him. He had a lovely wife and a modest home and a meager income and two beautiful children, a boy and a girl, because I was the third <laughs> out of six. And, um, and he gave these children both biblical names, albeit with contemporary spelling. He was content. But God decided that this man deserved more. He deserved a rich reward. It is for this reason that God decided to enrich the man with a precious jewel. How this jewel that God bestowed upon him enriched his life so that soon his wife would give him more children. He was now more than content. However, his precious jewel, after it had been in his possession a short while, began to lose its luster. The man tried to repolish its facets to restore their glean, but the glow from his jewel had gone. He then thought that perhaps his jewel needed a setting to hold it firmly so that it may not deteriorate so readily. However, the setting that he selected seemed at first to be inferior. But God said to the man, Lend me the jewel that I might restore its splendor. And then the man did as he sorry, and then the man did, and to his wonder, God not only removed the tarnish from the jewel, but its setting also, and surrounded it with four smaller gems. This was exactly what the jewel needed, for now it shone with inner, inner brilliance. Um, sorry, it's hard to read his writing. <laughs> uh, now it shone with utter brilliance, unprecedented by any other. God then said to the man that he should now lend the jewel and its setting with the four precious gems to the people, that they may admire and perhaps attempt to emulate its glory. This the man did, and when he viewed the results of this displaying of his jewel, he was more than content. He was pleased and proud that his jewel could spread its brilliance and splendor to so many people. He loved that jewel so much that he decided to call it his jewels. He was now more than content. He was a very proud father. You know, my dad wrote those words 10 years ago, and now he's in heaven. But you know what? Those words from a man who didn't know how to express words, he was not a prophet. He was not an anointed man. He hardly ever came to church because he was, had a fear of crowds. But he sat down and God spoke through him to me, fulfilled the desire of my heart, affirmed me and positioned me for my future and he, he didn't even realize the impact that it would have on my life and on the life of those around me. You know, I encourage you now, in the days to come, use words. Use words to love people. Use words, pour them out over people. Don't hold back your words. If you think something, say it. Don't, be, don't, don't use the excuse, I'm just shy, I'm just quiet, I don't talk much. Open your mouth and God will fill it 
amen, with precious words to people. Lord, I pray tonight that you would touch every soul in this house and that you would fill them up with words, words that bring blessing, words that bring life. And Lord, I pray, God, that they would learn to seek after prophecy, prophecy, words from heaven that can bring life and bring joy in Jesus' name. And I pray that we would exhort and encourage one another in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I just wanted to do one more thing. I just wanted to pray for people that if you feel like, you know, I'm just going a step further here, not just word, like you might just have, you know, you want to bless people with words. But if you feel like in your heart that you really have the gift of prophecy, you know, the Bible says that we bring exhortation, encouragement, and comfort through the gift of prophecy. And you might feel like, you know, I feel like I've got more than just nice words for people. I feel like sometimes I could give them words that could change their lives. Maybe give them words, maybe that, you know, scriptures that would be just in season from God. If you feel like that tonight, I want to pray for you. I want to lay hands on you. And I want to release the gift of prophecy in a greater dimension in your life. Let's just stand to our feet right now. Yeah, and just bring, bring the team up. We'll just sing that song, Send Down Your Love. And while we're singing this, if you're not going to come out for prayer, why don't you just lift your hands up and ask God to fill you and maybe just ask God to forgive you for negative words and words that you've spoken. Or maybe ask God to heal you of words that have been spoken over you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.